What's going on, everybody? This is the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast. This is your host, Joe Saunders, and I'm writing solo dolo today as Pat Donovan is lost trying to get home and Nick Ligatino is somewhere in the depths of hell. So this week, I'm going to be going over um, some of the games, some of the opening day games that I happen to watch. I got around to watching about six or seven games in total. Um, so the first news that I want to jump into is Chris Sale. Um, the fantasy community at large is going crazy over Chris Sale. Um, the reduced velo has everyone really worried. Um, thing is, I'm not so worried yet. Right, so last year in April, um, his fastball velocity was 93.36 miles per hour. In 2016, it was 93.78 miles per hour in April. And in 2013, it was 92.93 miles per hour in April. So him being in the 93 mile per hour range isn't really unprecedented. Um, it's not the worst thing. Yeah, I know. He's had shoulder issues, and last year, towards the tail end of the season, um, the velo spiked down a ton. Um, He was throwing, at one point, the hardest he's ever thrown at 97 miles per hour. So it could have been a case of him overexerting himself. Um, Sale, I imagine, is probably going to build up that strength again. Um, the, The more concerning thing with Sale was the lack of command. And he said after the game that he recognized that that command was off. Um, he thought that there might have been some mechanical issues that he was having. So overall, I think it's not time to panic. Um, you should be a little worried, right? Um, he gave up a huge sinker. That was a terrible, terrible outing. Um, but I think his last seven opening days, he uh, opening day starts, he was 6-1 and one or 7-0. and oh. Um, or the team was six, six and one, and uh, he had, I think, all seven quality starts. So it's it's concerning, but it, you can't push the panic button. This is Chris Sale. He's money. You probably banked in some injury risk anyway, um, as, you know, he hasn't been perfectly healthy the past year. Um, so there's no point of panicking. You probably spent up to get him. Um, so... You know, if someone comes with a low ball offer already after day one, um, you're definitely clicking decline. Next up um, was Madison Bumgarner. So I was a bit skeptical of Bumgarner uh, coming into the season. I was actually really, really low on him at one point. Then during spring training, he uh, he showed that he had really strong velocity. He was pumping upwards of 94 miles per hour. Um and that showed, that carried into this this first start of the season. He was in control. Um, and I had mentioned that I thought the path to Bumgarner succeeding uh, during the offseason, I had mentioned this, was Bumgarner throwing more cutters and less of the sinking fastball. And lo and behold, in that first start, um, he threw the cutter almost 44% yesterday. So, obviously, um, you know, mixing in the cutter more so than that sinking two-seamer, which really isn't that good anymore. Plus, with the the velo, um, he was he was excellent. Also, playing most of his games in San Francisco is always going to help. Um, so, sure, it's only one game so far, but it's promising to see Bumgarner really push forward and succeed. 
Um, and you have to feel pretty good about your investment so far. I mean, again, it's only one game, but um, he's doing his thing. Next guy I want to talk about that I got, got a chance to see was Jose Barrios. So Barrios looked really, really sharp. Um, yesterday, he had the curveball working through all seven innings. Uh, the biggest thing I think to take away from the start, though, is actually that the AL Central is just going to be god-awful. Um, the lineups are terrible, and I think Minnesota might arguably have the best lineup in the division. Uh, the Indians lineup is just not good, um, especially without Lindor. Um, but even even with him, it's really not deep at all. There's no depth. The White Sox lineup isn't going to be very good, even with Eloy. Um, I mean, Mancada might take a step forward, and is going to do Abreu things, but there's not a lot of depth there. KC is going to be fun to watch with uh, Mondesi and Whit Merrifield running around the bases, but they're also not very deep and not very good. So owning any of these pitchers in the AL Central is just a great thing, and you definitely want to own these pitchers. I mean, look at Brad Keller yesterday, too. Um, he did pitch with a ton of contact. And he had his fair share of hard-hit balls against him. He pitched against the White Sox. But he still managed to pitch seven scoreless. Um, so I just think that if you can own any of these guys, especially someone like Pineda, who I really like on Minnesota, um, to bounce back this year, he's going to be pitching against, you know, no one really good in the Central. So Berrios looks sharp. Um the other, the other good thing about Berrios is that he was able to command the, that curveball. Um, I had mentioned that the curveball looked great. He was able to command it really, really, really well. Um, he threw it 38% of the time yesterday um, after last season, only throwing it on average 30% of the time. Um, if he can stick around there and command it all this time, Berrios is going to be excellent. Um, I know the changeup's not that good, but I don't know if it really has to be all that good if the curveball is as good as it is. I mean, he's going to have his rough patches when the curve, again, if the curveball isn't on, on certain days, but um, when it's on, you get a performance like this, seven and a third, 10 Ks. I'm sure if this was uh, later in the season um, and he had, you know, more stamina, this wasn't just day one right after spring training, he probably would have gone even deeper. So that's really promising to see from Barrios. Sticking along with the pitchers, I'm going to jump to Luis Castillo now. So I got a chance to watch him against the Pirates. Um, Castillo also looked really, really good. Um, he's another one that I wasn't too high on. I know Nick was really high on him. Pat was so-so. Um, I was kind of so-so with, with, with Pat. Um, probably not the low man, probably the middle man here. But he's another one who is largely just a pitch mix away from being really good. Um Barrios could probably use to add another pitch, but the pitch changing the pitch mix and throwing more curveballs is always a good thing. But uh, so Castillo showed some of that off yesterday with the, the change in pitch mix. Um, he didn't throw a single sinker yesterday after throwing sinkers twenty one point six percent of the time last year. Um, he also upped his changeup usage yesterday, and it looked ridiculous. It looked so filthy. If you haven't had a chance to see some of the changeups from yesterday, go back and look. Um, I mean, it looks, it looked really good. Um, he had guys fooled. So Castillo could be really poised for a big year 
if he can keep the the changeup and slider command. I, I think the slider he only threw um, 14 or 15 percent of the time yesterday, but whatever. It's 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 one game. Um, the change in the ch- the change command and and the depth on it looked great. So it's really good. And getting away from the sinker, I know. Um, right, coming into last year, so much of the allure of Castillo was that he's got tons of velo and he had a huge ground ball rate. It was you know close to sixty percent. Um, but qu- how quickly things change, right? Um, we're going. On a league, for, we're going in the league. We're going from lots and lots of ground balls and things low to keeping velo really high and up in the air and getting generating strikeouts. It's all about strikeouts right now. Um, guys are going bigger, trying to hit home runs and are striking out, and pitchers are trying to strike everyone out. So that's the name of the game right now. Moving away from the sinker is a good thing for him. Um, it should help him. And again, as long as he can keep that keep that command of those those secondary pitches. He's going to be really good. So I'm going to move on to um, some of the hitters that I had a chance to look at. Um, the first thing I want to mention about the hitters is that this ball definitely had hints of 2016-2017 uh, juice ball. Um, there were 48 home runs, I think, yesterday. Um, the most since, I think it was 2005, when there were maybe 49 or 47. I can't remember if if uh, yesterday surpassed that, but 48 opening day home runs, that's crazy. So I managed to watch a a little bit of the Cubs Rangers, the Reds Pirates, Astros Rays, um, the Yankees game, Yankees Orioles. Uh, Who else? There was, there was another game I I got to watch. I can't remember, but um, the ball just flew. I mean, it, every everywhere you looked, I mean, I know I mentioned Yankee Stadium and Cincinnati and even Texas. Those are good ballparks, but the ball just flew off the bat. Um, so I'm not saying for sure that the ball is juiced. I obviously don't know. But it ch- kind of changes the game if it is and if the ball is going to continue to fly off the bat like it did yesterday. Um, right? We saw in 16 and 17 when this happened that, a lot of middle infielders had a lot more home runs and there were guys that kind of came out of nowhere that were able to help you out. Um, and guys on the waiver wire that were relatively inexpensive or undrafted that were able to help you out. So I, it's just something to watch. It's just something to watch. And this is one of those things that you can definitely notice. Um, I mean, I saw Javier Baez hit a ball that he was out in front of and he just, he just crushed it. It went so far. Um, Nomar Mazzara, same thing. I mean, he had a ball 480 feet yesterday. Now, Nomar Mazzara has a ton of power, a ton of untapped power so far, but still 480, and it, it seriously just flew right off the bat. Springer hit a bomb. Um, so, yeah, so it's something, to, it's something to keep in mind, and especially when I talk about, right, so Tim Beckham is the next guy I wanted to mention. Um, he, he's got three home runs already. He had two off a of sale. Um, or two, two yesterday. I don't remember if they were both off a of sale. Um, so he's, he, he's leading the league in home runs already, Tim Beckham. But we've sort of seen this before from Beckham, um, and he's exactly the type of guy that can succeed with a juice ball. Um, in 2017, we saw it. He hit, uh, I think it was 22 home runs. Let me, let me pull it up. Um, I, th- I 
think it was it was 22 home runs, right? Um, after last year in Baltimore, he only hit 12. The thing with Beckham is that he's got very little competition. Um, it's really only J.P. Crawford who the Mariners just traded for over the offseason. The problem is, is that Crawford's been in two organizations now, and both organizations haven't been in any rush to play him. Crawford's also kind of struggled at the plate. Um, he's kind of quickly becoming a defense-only guy, and he's 24. Um, so his time's kind of running up on a pro- as a prospect. Um, so as long as Beckham's hitting, he's probably going to have the shortstop role um, without much resistance. And he's the perfect guy to kind of ride out, right? You can pick him up early right now, ride out the streak until he eventually starts to struggle, and then you can drop him. Um, but yeah, while he's, while he's hot and locked in, he's, he's a guy to grab. But again, back to the juice ball thing, right? He's, he's the, he's the type that in one year he hits 12 home runs, but then in a better environment, he's hitting 22 and yeah, sure. It's not going to come with a great average. It's going to come with something like 235, 240, but, um, you know, if you if you got like someone like Carlos Correa who's banged up, um, and hopefully comes back soon, but you never know. Beckham's a good replacement, a cheap replacement too. Another guy that uh, tore the cover off the ball yesterday was Kike Hernandez. So after pacing out for something like 24 home runs last year, Hernandez right now um, has a playing time with Chris Chris Taylor riding the pine, um, and Kike is actually someone I'd rather have over Beckham. I think Kike is just a better hitter. Um, the floor is much closer to like 250, a 250 batting average. And we've, again, already seen Kike do it, right? We know that he can, um, he can definitely, uh, he can definitely hit home runs, right? Um, Cause right. Just last year it was, he had 21, right? So one shy of, of Beckham's 22 in 2017. And Kike done it uh, more recently and in limited playing time, right? So he only had 462 plate appearances last year. Um, and he slated, again, he slated with Chris Taylor not starting. He slated to play second base all the time. I mean, I'm sure Muncie will get mixed around and Kike will move around. And um, Jock's not going to start every game. But Kike's got the flexibility. Bellinger's got the flexibility. Muncie's got the flexibility. They all have flexibility to play everywhere and spell each other, which is good. Um, and... Again, I, it doesn't look like Robertson has much faith in, in Taylor. Or Dave Roberts, sorry. Has much faith in Taylor right now. So um, I'd much rather invest, if I had to, uh, invest in Kike over Tim Beckham. I think Kike will probably be better longer than Beckham. Um, Beckham might be better in, in these these short spurts. So again, if you really want to ride a hot streak, Beckham might be the guy. But overall, for the rest of the season, I'd rather have Kike. Um, Kike's teammate, Austin Barnes, also had himself a nice day. I mean, the Dodgers teed off. They hit eight home runs. Um, and if you got stuck with the tail end of catchers at your draft, Barnes is a, a really readily available guy to go get and keep on your radar. Um, so Roberts had mentioned that he imagines that Barnes is going to have um, 60% of the playing time um, with Russell Martin getting the other 40%. 
Um, I know Martin's starting tonight uh, catching um, Stripling, and I think Robert said that uh, Martin's going to be Stripling's guy. So um, still, Barnes is just a couple years away from being um, one of the higher touted catching prospects. And I know he's old. I think he's 27 or 28, maybe even 29. But he's got the pedigree. We've seen him be able to hit before. Um, and again, this was just a couple of years ago that we were talking about Barnes as being a top 12 catcher easily. So if you waited on catcher and got stuck with someone real bad, um, Barnes is a great, a great ad. I, I considered adding Barnes, um, in, in my home league, um, because I have, uh, I have Ostadio, um, who's actually not playing, not starting yet. So Barnes is, Barnes is a great guy to get plate appearances. Um, and who knows, maybe he, he clicks and puts it all together this year and he goes 10 or 12 with, you know, a handful of steals and doesn't tank your batting average. He, he bats 250. That's easily top 12 um, catcher, given how bad the position is. So Barnes is a, is a good guy to add. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is closers. So there was, um, between San Francisco, Minnesota, and KC, we had a save in each with Will Smith, Taylor Rogers, and Brad Boxberger. Of the three, it's Will Smith, and it's not close. Um, Smith probably got drafted, but if he hasn't for some reason, go grab him. Um, he's absolutely the guy to get. Um, Rogers, on the other hand, he got the save because he had to face a few lefties. I imagine that situation in Minnesota is going to be rather fluid. Um, and I still like Trevor May the best, um, even though he might not be closing just yet. Um, I think they'll probably play matchups and ride out hot hands, um, which makes owning a Minnesota reliever pretty frustrating. Boxberger, on the other hand, in KC, he got the save, but it wasn't really pretty. He gave up some hard contact. And again, if you're desperate, you can go get Boxberger, but I would not spend a lot of fab on him. Um, I wouldn't go chasing after Boxberger, and Will Smith is definitely the guy I want out of those three. Um, the other closer situation is uh, the Brewers' closer situation. So it's largely unclear what the Brewers are going to do. Hader got a two-inning save, I think maybe two, two, and, two and a third um, inning save yesterday with Jeffress and, and Cornebel hurt. I think Nebel's done for the year. I think he needs Tommy John. Um, so the most logical thing to do for the Brewers is bring in Kimbrell, but they haven't yet. Um, and that sort of leads me to believe that maybe they're still priced out. Um, Kimbrell, the asking price might be too high. It's only game two now. Um, so Kimbrell can still afford to be expensive. Um, we'll see in a couple of weeks if Kimbrell doesn't still doesn't have a job. If he if he goes down a bit, I mean he's gonna have to as he's not um, as he's missing games, so he's not gonna be getting paid. So um, still, as of right now, it's probably Jacob Barnes, as he saw a little bit of the closer role last year. I think he only had two saves though. Um, I imagine that Council is gonna just ride the hot hands, just like um, just like Minnesota. Whoever's pitching the best, um, 
probably not named Hater. I don't imagine that Hater is going to get stretched out all this all the time um, to two to, to two innings to close games. Um, I can see Hater getting a lot of multi inning uh, chances, but I don't know if there'll be safe chances. Um, he'll probably come in whenever they need him the most. You know, if it's a three-two game in the seventh inning, and there's two men on and two out, you better believe that Hater is going to come in to finish that inning and maybe another inning. Um, so he's probably still more like the Andrew Miller of old than he is uh, a pure closer. So if I'm adding right now, it's Jacob Barnes, but I'd still bet that at some point uh, the Brewers go out and try and grab Kimbrel. Um, that's really all I have today. Um, it's a pretty quick pod. Um, it was just a review and recap of what I saw yesterday. Um, it's the hot takes sort of podcast. Uh, next week, we'll all be back. Um, I think we're going to all try and get on. We've had some pretty busy schedules uh, with work, all three of us, between myself, Nick, and Pat, and JP, too. Um, so all four of us. So we're going to try and get back next week. Um, Maybe we'll do a little bit of a review of uh, our home league. Um, we wanted to save that for when we were all when we were all together. Um, we'll give you more of a rundown of what we watch uh, over the next week, um, and hopefully, guys, to add or or drop. So you can follow me on Twitter at Joe FWO. And thanks as always for listening.